Our next speaker is Barry Goodwin, and, and those of you who know Barry, he's uh, um, has joint appointments actually in the Ag Econ and uh, Natural Resource Department at NC State and the uh, Economics Department. Uh, Barry is a William Neal Reynolds Distinguished Professor there uh, and a Graduate Alumni Distinguished Professor. Uh, and, and anyone who knows Barry knows he's very well known. He's put out a lot of students, um, many of, of whom I've got a chance to work with here in D.C. Uh, he's written extensively on commodity programs, and I some real classics, I think, over the years on, on effects of things like the decouple payments on production, um, things that I think have been very helpful in WTO negotiations, other sorts of things. And with Vince, and he and him, uh, by himself and also co-authoring with Vince, have written a, a number of the key papers that you see on crop insurance. Um, and I, I think if you could look at any Google Scholar account, uh, their papers are right up there um, with with other paper, with the other papers on uh, federal crop insurance, Barry's going to talk about the price and income support programs, so-called Title One. And Barry, I leave it to you. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Joe. That's a, a very kind introduction. Um, this is actually my first time to visit IFPRI, so it's exciting for a few reasons for me to, to be here. And I, I've seen a couple of former students already this morning, so it's it's nice. Nice to have the invitation, and I appreciate you all coming. Um, I, I'm going to talk about Title I, as Joe said, which is, is the old historical commodity title, where, where the commodity programs have always been. Before we go to that, though, I want to put it just in a little bit of context. Um, you, you will hear, and, and it, it's factually correct, that farm income is down. It's, it's been, been dropping for the last couple of years, and it's... Um, it's down substantially, but it's down from some very high levels. And I, I think the middle diagram here shows that the best. That's real net farm income and, and cash income. And you'll see that we're really returning back to what's been sort of a long-run normal average state of affairs. Um, another thing that very often is, is neglected in, in policy discussions is the fact that Farm households, uh, as a rule, and almost without exception, uh, heavily depend upon off-farm income sources, um, whether it's labor, investments, rental of their, their assets, uh, a lot of different ways, but it, it is a very important source of income. Um, so, and, and, and Vince alluded to this earlier, but um, those, those factors together and some other statistics that that I don't have time to talk about, but it, it does um, it, it does establish the fact that that as a whole, as a slice of society, U.S. farms are are, are a very wealthy bunch. They have high incomes. Um, the 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 solid line there is um, non U.S. households as a whole income and you see farm incomes have been substantially above that for for many years now um, so looking at i'm not going to say as much about the 2014 farm bill because we have some new things to talk about <laughs> as of yesterday so it was um we were we were all scrambling around uh trying to read the the text of the the conference report um and updating things but we're, we're talking about here um $38 billion. Um, it, it turned out to 
to, to cost with the, the, the FCIC, the crop insurance outlays. And you saw the split earlier. It's, um, you know, it's divided up with, with um, ARC, PLC, and then crop insurance, uh, main mechanisms for subsidizing growers. Uh, the, 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 I'm going to focus on Title I again, PLC and ARC, and I'll, I'll define that for anyone who doesn't know what it is here in just a minute. But um, it, it turned out to really be a, a budget blowout because of the, the, the fact that prices were high and uh, then, then have come down even more. So cost quite a bit more than, than it should have. So uh, the conference report was released. I think it actually technically came out in the evening of the 10th, but um, I think the 11th is when it was um, published. The, the preliminary CBO scoring predicts an increase in Title I cost over, now I think the bill as a whole is, is, is basically, um, I think Joe said 870, and it's, I think it's predicted to be right on, on target with that. But there is some rearranging that takes place. And, and Title I uh, programs are going to cost a bit more this time. Um, there's some important provisions in there that I think are really interesting to talk about. If, if you follow this debate, the Senate um, wanted to uh, ha actually had some provisions, uh, Grassley was, was the main proponent of this, but had provisions to um, scale back on, on um, the, the adjusted gross income limit that you could have and, and tighten down on uh, who gets the payments. And the House proposals were, were really much more generous and flexible. And that's what um, carried the day. Uh, nieces, nephews, and cousins now are eligible for the full payment amount. Um, it's $125,000 per person or $250,000 if you're married. Um, and if you're lucky enough to be growing peanuts, you get a separate $250,000 cap there. They're not counted together. And peanuts, uh, I'll show you a picture here in a minute, but peanuts are the place to be in, in these programs these days. Um, the limit stays at $900,000 in terms of, of, of when you start losing your, your uh, Title I benefits. Again, you double it if you're married. That's that's uh, adjusted gross income limit. So, uh, you know, you're you're in bad shape if you're making over nine hundred thousand dollars on average a year because your payments are going to start getting trimmed back. Um, this Grassley Meadows amendment really made a lot of sense, and um, it it went nowhere essentially. Um, the SNAP work requirements were the other hang-up in getting getting the bill through. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, regardless of, of, of whether you think that was a good idea or, or bad, it didn't go anywhere. So Ryan, Paul Ryan, when he gave his statement on this yesterday, pointed out some, some uh, advantages in, in terms of cost savings, but they're very modest administrative changes, nothing major there. Um, I, I think one of the biggest issues that, that those who watch policy need to be aware of is the fact that Farmers are going to be able to shift between the two major uh, Title I programs, the price loss coverage and the agricultural risk coverage program, each year. So um, this, this could, in, in, in my calculations, it, it could um, be quite an expensive feature of the, of the plan because the farmers are naturally, they, they always have and they will, go with what the best deal is, where, where the, 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 the money's the best. And I think um, 
everything we've seen and CBO predictions, uh, PLC is going to be the likely choice, but then if uh, the revenue guarantees start rising, ARC is going to look good. Uh, there's some substantial increases in loan rates, which that hasn't happened in quite a while. I, I won't go through the individual ones here. We were hearing 15%, but in fact, uh, when, when before this came out of conference, but in fact, it's um, quite a bit more than that for some. The, the limit for marketing loans was doubled to 600,000. They're going to start using RMA yield data, which is important in the ARC program because RMA does yield plugging and they do a trend adjustment. And RMA is the, the, the crop insurance agency. Um, there's going to be a, an option to update your PLC yield. And again, if you have something that's less than 75% of the county average, they're going to replace it with 75%. So they're, they're sweetening the deal by, by not lowering your, your guarantees. There are price escalators that are built into this, which really is a perverse type of policy when you think about it. We're going to guarantee you more and more as prices go up, um, as your incomes go up. Uh, and, and, and again, the PLC allows us this base yield updating. Uh, dairy is, is a big one. Um, really, Dan should have been here to talk about dairy, but it's a big Title I program, and I think some of the biggest changes take, take, took place here. Um, MPP, Margin Protection Plan, has been renamed. It's the same thing, dairy margin coverage. Um, there's new coverage levels for, for the smaller growers. They greatly, greatly reduced premiums um, on catastrophic coverage for larger growers, an 88% cut. Um, it eliminates the, the restriction that you can't get both livestock uh, insurance in the, in the form of livestock gross margin, LGM, and um, a new plan, dairy revenue protection, and, and also still get uh, payments from this new DMC. That, that, that was, the, the double dipping was, was um, not allowed before, it will be now. Um, and if, if producers previously were enrolled in this, the big complaint was this insurance doesn't work because it's, we're not getting any payments from it. So they're going to get it, uh, their premium if they, if they paid it 75% credit or 50% refund on that. So I, I think um, the, 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 the overall gestalt or the, the spirit of the, the, the legislation comes up if you read a few of the quotes that are out there. And I won't, won't read all of this, but uh, some of them are, are, are pretty revealing, I think. Um, uh, Colin Peterson, who's very active in this, he's a, the ranking member in the, the House side, said that there's a concern that when people find out what's in the bill, it will start unraveling. Um, he also said, if you have less than 5 million pounds of milk, and that's about 240 cows, under what we've put in the bill, you will, will not be able to lose money unless you really try. Um, there's going to be a lot of options available to dairy farmers. Some people say this is just too good. Uh, Small-scale farmers are going to be the biggest beneficiaries. Uh, Paul Ryan, um, who's uh, sold himself largely as a, a fiscal conservative, um, says, you know, rural, heart is the, rural America is at the heart of our way of life. Um, our farmers, ranchers, and rural communities count on agricultural policy. Um, Debbie Stabenow, uh, this, the final bill reflects a hard-fought, bipartisan, bicameral agreement. It's a good bill for our farmers and everyone who eats. Um, there's a few things that are not important at all, but I find very interesting. I wish that this 
uh, pet rock quote was mine as Scott Faber from EWG has been calling this provision what natural stone products have to do with commodity markets is a, is a mystery to me, but there is a provision in the, in the act, I, I looked it up yesterday, that um, they're, they're, gonna, they're mandating a report be furnished to um, USDA within 180 days to establish a producer checkoff fund, which is what beef and, and um, the mar marketing orders commodities typically have, and, and Scott's calling it the, the pet rock checkoff. So it's kind of an odd thing. There's not much money there. Um, there's a second round of the market facilitation payments, which is the, the um, ad hoc payments to compensate for the tariff battles that are going on right now. And essentially, we've, we've talked about this in a lot of different contexts, but it allows double dipping to become triple dipping or quadruple dipping. You're going to get an insurance payment, uh, on, on the basis of prices, you can get your PLC or ARC payment and then two rounds of the MFP payments. So there's a lot of redundancy in there. I'm just about out of time. I, Vince mentioned the, um, the fact that premium subsidies, uh, the FCIC budget, the, 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 the money that's used to support crop insurance has, has taken on a more and more and more important role, and you certainly see that. Um, I said peanuts are the place to be. You can see right here, this is um, government support as a share of the value of production. Um, peanuts almost 50%. So in summary, um, I will skip over most of these things. Um, I, I think we, we did see each farm bill there being a tightening of the AGI, and that was argued for this time, and in fact, uh, Congress stepped away from that. So there's no changes there. I think it's a step backwards. Um, now payment limits supply to the extended family tree. Another of, of Scott's things I, I found quite entertaining was that um, Ancestry.com or 23andMe is going to get some traction with people trying to find out where their, their family's uh, tree is so they can get in on this deal. Um, this annual selection of ARC, PLC, I think it could be a uh, a significant cost item. Uh, I do think there's a lot of concern about decoupled support becoming recoupled because of this annual choice election and the fact that, that we're updating um, payments. And I think dairy producers made up especially well here. So.